Hey everybody, this is the man on fire, John Sablon of johnsablon.com, and I welcome you back to another segment of True Faith Real Talk, where we deal with real issues through the eyes of faith. Now today we're just going to get right into the segment because I have two very special guests with me. They are the founders of the Catholic Man Show. Now I happen to be Catholic and a man, and I actually got a show, so this actually fits. So I want to welcome to the show... Adam and David, how are you guys doing out there in, is it Oklahoma? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Living on Tulsa time. Living in town. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I just want to, you know, I'm very happy to have you on the show. Again, uh, all kidding aside, Catholic masculinity and manhood and the vocation of manhood is something that obviously is very near and dear to your heart. It's something mm-hmm. very near and dear to my heart, uh, in particular for my, the viewers who do know me and know my story, it's just because I suffered from uh, you know, a false sense of masculinity. So failed male leadership in my own life and upbringing and how that uh, affected and impacted my own ability to be tr- a true man of God and how I came back to the healing of all that. So maybe you can give me, uh, you know, and my viewers an intro to, you know, who you guys are, because I know this isn't your full-time job, um, how Catholic Man Show came about, uh, what's the intent, what the focus is, and, and all of that. Well, Adam and I run the Catholic radio station here in Tulsa. Um, and so that's kind of, I think, a good starting point for how the show got off the air. Uh, just or got on the air. Got on the air. Got yeah. off the ground. Off the ground. On off the, the air. ground. Into the air. Right. Uh, Terrestrial radio. We were just kind of doing some analysis of the shows. Mostly we run EWTN content, which is all great content. But EWTN does not have anything specifically targeted to men. They do have, you know, like Women of Grace with Janet Bankovic, you know, which is she's been on air for along i mean she's like a staple of catholic radio um they've got a lot of really good stuff but nothing that was specifically aimed at men um and so we just said hey let's start a show just for here in tulsa you know it's just going to air on our local radio station uh that we can kind of have something to bolster the lineup and we had been wanting to do a show for a long time just because uh we like attention and uh We joke around that, you know, we want to get rich and famous. And so that's why we got into Catholic radio. Awesome. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good to know. My wife will be happy to hear that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. We we haven't made it yet. We're still working on it. No, no. But yeah, so we decided to launch this show about uh, two years ago. um, And like, like Dave said, we were just trying to get like this idea of having men, younger men, typically like with young fathers, young families, uh, to, to touch base with them, and and so that's why we come up with Catholic Man Show. It's a really fun show. At least I have fun. I don't know about you. I don't know about you yeah, or you guys, I, but I, mean, I have fun. We drink. So. We drink on every episode. So I, yeah, it's fun. So. Yeah, this is something. So you want? So it's something new for you guys, right? You guys have drinks. So I've just got some H two O. The only gear. Yeah, we don't have it. You don't have anything. Yeah, huh? we don't have one. Yeah, no, not not right now. But so so our show is based off of uh really kind of a men's group that we started, uh, not that we started, we were a part of. Yeah. Okay. Um and. It, and the show consists of three things. Every episode, we open, review, and enjoy what we call a man beverage, which is typically a whiskey or a beer, while while pract or while practicing and promoting the virtue of moderation and temperance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing in the society today is all about excess or completely abstaining, right? No, 
no GMO foods or, you know, have sex with any woman you can, you know? And so we thought, well, it's one thing to talk about temperance and moderation. It's another thing to practice it and demonstrate it. Mm -hmm. So um, we open review and join a man beverage. We highlight a man gear and a gear is just anything that any guy should want, desire, need in his day-to-day life, whether it be a a pocket knife, a rosary, a flamethrower. A flamethrower. Dave had a flamethrower one episode. Okay, what would we use so, a flamethrower for, though? Okay. What? John, John, you just have no idea the number of practical applications <laughs> until you start carrying one with you when you, when you go places. <laughs> uh, and so then it, it, hopefully the idea is that we – the gear – kind of bleeds into the topic like we highlight a virtue about that gear and it bleeds into the topic which is the last last half of our show which is just a uh, a man topic that we, we we talk about anything from being a leader of the family to what it looks like to have holy leisure to what you know what the mass is supposed to look like with little kids um you know well, what else what else dave well we try to we try to focus the show around virtue and returning men to the idea of a virtuous living mm-hmm. um into embracing the call to the difficult because the virtuous life is a difficult life but you know, i think we, as men we're made for that difficult struggle mm-hmm. you know um i mean just look at you look at a man's body he's physically stronger uh, that's because he's made for work. He's made for labor. He's made for hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the same yeah. is true in the spiritual life. Um, you, you know, w- with that regard, women are also called to a, you know, a rigorous spiritual life. But um, there's a, a unique calling, I think, for men when it comes to embracing the virtuous outward life you know, that is a, a public display of your behavior. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know, even biblically, when you think about when Adam was, was uh, put into the garden, right, to till and to keep, that the Hebrew words are abad and shamar, and, and work in the form of service, and also to protect and defend. So if you look at who we are as biblical men, right, we're charged, our first charge was to serve, protect, and defend all of creation, and most, and, and most uh, definitely women and children, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, so yeah, to your guys' point, now let's pause for a second, because Okay. You know, we're on the radio show piece of it. But what about who you guys are, are as men, the roles that you play? So you're both mm. husbands, fathers. Help, the, help our viewers understand uh, your role as sure. kind of uh, just normal, everyday guys. Sure. So um, I have been married to my beautiful, stunning bride since 2012. We have three children and one in heaven. We have a, a two boys, one girl, Luke, Michael, Jude, Timothy, and Anna Faustina. Um, and I have a, I work for a company that I'm a manufacturing rep, so I, I sell basically castings and forgings is what I do. Okay. And I, I'm a financial advisor. I, I like to joke that I, I get, I give advice for a living. Um, so you should really listen to what I have to say. Okay. Uh, people pay him, right? They pay me for my, for my thoughts. Uh, but I'm also a husband, a father. Um, I, I have a shockingly gorgeous wife, um, who, we have. We will soon have three children. We have two, and uh, number three will be arriving at the end of June. Wonderful. Um, so we're very, very excited about that. Um, you know, Adam and I, we have been best friends since kindergarten in high school. Wow. We, all right, yeah. Kindergarten, not in high school, just <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we we became best friends. We were best friends in kindergarten. We did kindergarten several times. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and our families grew up together. They, we grew up in the church together. Um, we had Bible studies together as young kids. We went to high school together. Um, we, we hung out in college. 
and we lived together after college. And now that we all both have families, we actually live across the street from each other. Wow. So this, it's true. All of it is so, true. Wow. Okay. So are you guys both uh, uh, cradle Catholics? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So would you say, okay, because I'm a revert to the faith um, okay. And, okay. and my wife's a convert to the faith. And so okay. th- we'll have to save that for a different show perhaps. But uh, so you guys are both. So I'm I, technically speaking though. I'm from the island of Guam, so for those of you viewers out there who thought I was Latino, shame on you. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Pacific Islander, so Guam is a very Catholic island, so I was, I was baptized literally 27 days after I was born, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really raised in the faith, and there's a whole sense of that failed male leadership and uh, group and alcoholic home and all of that. But uh, for you guys, obviously that's a different story. So you guys have been uh, brought up in the faith, uh, cradle Catholics, and have been living the faith the, the, the whole time? Well, not exactly. I mean, Adam and I both grew up in very Catholic households. We both had dads who were very dedicated family men, you know, the kind of guys who were there spending time with us as kids growing up. I mean, like dads that everybody wants yeah, to have. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, we both had fantastic dads, moms, parents. Uh, mm-hmm. But we kind of have a similar story in that in college, we just stopped practicing our faith. It's not that we became anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just know, know for me personally, I just kind of didn't care. I, my attitude is, you know, I'll worry about that after college. I just want to have fun. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to be held back yeah. by any of these right. rules. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. We stopped, we stopped moral to, codes. Yeah. We stopped like, you know, uh, worshiping the divine Trinity and started worshiping the me, myself and I. Oh, the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Trinity, the Trinity, Trinity, Trinity instead of the Trinity. Nice. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so then we moved in together after college. And it was that at that time that Catholic Radio kind of started the spark of getting us back into the faith huh. and living together. And, you know, the idea of this brotherhood that we kind of cultivated and pushing each other into the faith, we decided, you know, one day, um, I think I walked in or Dave walked into to the room. We were sitting there probably playing video games or doing something. And one of us said, you know, what we should do Sunday. We should go to mass. I'll go to mass on Sunday. Whoa. And it was like this novel idea, yeah. like this, like light bulb, like, yeah, maybe we should do that. Far out, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, it was like, it was that, that kind of atmosphere that, that, that led us back into the faith where we kind of started pushing each other. And Dave and I joke that, you know, we don't have um, philosophy or theology degrees, but we have the theology degree of, you know, the Catholic Answers theology degree, you know, yeah. the, the University of Catholic Answers. Yeah. You know, you know, so, I mean, we don't have, we're just kind of regular guys, but um, we love our faith. We went from being Catholic to love being Catholic. Yeah. Two totally different things, right? You know, to, to just say you're Catholic and then love with, with all your being, being Catholic. So let's go. All right. So that's a great little transition because I think part of the issue with us as men Right. Um, and may, I don't, I'm not going to I'm generalizing to some degree, but I think part of the issue, I think we may experience it in, in, in our observation and even our own lived experience. Right. Is that this lived faith, this, you know, that fervor, that zeal, like you said, the love being Catholic, like I totally am all in when, when you say that. I'm like, absolutely. There's not a day that goes by. Uh, today. Now, whenever I say uh, John B.C., I mean before conversion. Okay, so uh, okay. When I, John B.C. wasn't this way. I was indifferent. I was disengaged. I was really a spiritual idiot. You know, I didn't, I didn't care. I wasn't leading my family. Um, today, it's like, oh man, I am so, matter of fact, the name I go by is Man on Fire, right? So it's, it's like, I am so on fire for, for our faith, for our Lord, for uh, the truth, beauty, and goodness of our, of our faith. 
And, and like you, I'm, I'm working on my theology degree. Uh, um, so, so I'm a Catholic answers uh, a theologian, right? <laughs> or, yeah, right. You know, so, but I'm self-study. There's things. And once you fall in love with it, it's like, man, you can't get enough of scripture. You can't get enough of mass. You can't get enough of the sacraments. You can't get enough of church doctrine. You can't get enough of church fathers. I mean, there's so many uh, things that we can fill ourselves with. And it's amazing once you have that encounter, whatever that encounter is, and you fully surrender, right, how... Um, how that you know exactly that that transition that we went from like these uh, really just kind of these cafeteria Catholics whatever you want to call them everybody has a different term for them but but that concept that you just said about loving your Catholic faith um, what do, what triggered it I know you, you mentioned that that point Adam about you know that one hey that one thing that said hey well you know let's go to mass but was there was there an encounter was there the was there your road to Damascus if you will um, or was this kind of just a steady uh, revisiting the faith that was always given to you at, at, a, at a young age? Yeah, I think for me, uh, apologetics played a big role in it. I could, you know, you always, um, everybody has a few weird memories from when they're a kid, and you kind of think, I have no idea why I remember so and so saying that one thing to me. But one of those things that I remember is that um, my dad at the dinner table or something, he looked at us. And said, you know, kids, nothing matters if you don't make it to heaven. And I remember like just seeing the look on his face and he was like, oh, man, he's serious about that. And that was really impressed upon me. And then a later conversation with him, he talked about, look, the church is perfect in her teaching. She cannot teach anything in error. And I really remembered that. And even in college when I stopped practicing, like I said, it's not that I didn't believe. I actually still believed everything that the church taught. I, like I said, just didn't care. I'll do that later. You know, Lord, give me chastity, just not, just not yet. Not yet, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so studying those apologetics, um, especially through Catholic radio, mm-hmm. that really stoked the flames for me in that, you know, like, hey, this is true and, and we can prove it. You know, we, we're not just taking things on faith. Uh, you know, we're walking hand in hand with our brains and our hearts, yeah. and you know, we're not separating the two. And that the the faith is reasonable, and it's reasonable because God did make this world; He did make it a certain way, and it's only natural that you know there would be all these all these things that would follow from you know from that foundational truth. Um, and so, God, I think, really used that in in me to, you know, now he's going to church again. Now all of a sudden I was, you know, accessing grace and the sacraments and, you know, it's just a total game changer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, um, the devil is really good at this game that he plays of dividing and conquering, Mm -hmm. you know, and so he's really good at at taking men and separating them out and making them believe that they're the, they're on, they're on their own. They're only, they're struggling with this vice or this sin on their own, and, and no one else is doing it, and, and they feel very lonely and almost desperate. Um, and the, it was a huge grace that Dave and I moved in together right after college because we we cultivated this this friendship that had always been there, but it, it, it turned into more of a, um, a, a true brotherhood because we truly cared about one another. And I think that that's, that's something that, that society just has uh, failed to promote, and that's just the authentic having an authentic friendship and authentic brotherhood um, that is desperate in our times because we can tell. Yeah. I mean, men are just kind of cowarding down by themselves day after day. And, and if you have your brother right there next to you saying like, no, you're made for greatness. You're made to get into that breach. Go into the breach. Go. Let's go. Come on. we got to get this going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's just like a workout partner. Same thing with workout partner. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, even to obviously to a greater degree, and I think that friendship you're talking about, and it's actually where you guys, uh, what you commented on, on your, one of the focuses of the show is virtue, right? That mm. uh, I think it was Aristotle that talked about the three different types of friendship, but the one that's rooted in virtue, right, which is outside of ourselves, and we're both focused on that, and same thing with our marriages, right? That the fact mm-hmm. that we're uh, both us and our spouses that we're, we're focusing on growing in holiness and ultimately to lead each other to heaven um, and, and get our kids to heaven, that that is true friendship because it's, mm-hmm. it's something yeah. that's supernatural. It's obviously a tran- you know, the, the transcendent idea of, okay, now we need God's grace acting within this, this friendship, this brotherhood, and of course, accountability, right? And I think that's the problem. Right. One of the things that I know you guys would agree with is this um, emasculation of us men. Right. Uh, I, I shared this yes. on, on numerous episodes where, you know, the 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 media model of men is like Homer Simpson and Al Bundy and mm. Charlie Sheen. Right. Um, yeah. And, and we're, yeah. Yeah. We're a bunch of womanizers, a bunch of buffoons. We can care less. We're totally disengaged. We're detached from you know anything. We're playing video game, all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, we've lost all concept of what it actually truly means to be men. And then now with this aggressive feminism movement. Right. Uh, where yeah, yeah. there's this false understanding that for us to even get excited about being men, right, to be to, to even have even say that. Right. Oh, you want you don't want to talk about masculinity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's like they, they're trying to have they're they're talking out of both sides of the mouth that we, we don't need you men. Right. And we definitely mm-hmm. don't need you men being men. Right. Right. Um, so there's there's that, that that conflict that we're experiencing uh, mm-hmm. in our culture today. No, yeah, I, t- I totally agree that uh, the culture has just been poisoned, and you know, we, we can we can fix it. It's not like it's totally irredeemable, um, but we can fix it in amongst ourselves first. You know, um, just ha- about kind of the having this brotherhood, creating a community around yourself, and um, doesn't have to be big. I mean, it's really, in fact, I think a small a small group is better when it comes to men. Uh, every guy needs just a handful of brothers around him. Ideally, that you meet with every week. Um, Adam and I are part of a more a Tuesday. We get together every Tuesday morning. There's a handful of us, um, and that that is just so important because, what like what Adam was saying. Otherwise, Satan will divide and conquer you, mm-hmm. and you will you will lose that battle. Okay, you just mm-hmm. that's not the way men were made to battle. We're made to fight side by side. Christ knew this. Why he sent sent his disciples out two by two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the culture, yeah, it wants to blame men for the problems. Oh, it's this patriarchy, uh, you know, it's this the aggression of men. This is why there's all these problems. It's, total, it's a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's been plenty of bad men out there who have mistreated others, and no doubt, no doubt. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's, the problem is not masculinity. The problem was a few men. Mm-hmm. And we need to embrace, I think the more men embrace this true, strong, male, masculine, you know, like leader, then the more we will overcome these forces coming the other way because people will see, oh, uh, actually, no, that's not right because look at all these strong dudes over here and they're not causing any problems. In fact, they're pretty awesome. Right, right, you know? Right. You want to be countercultural, be Catholic. Yeah. Right. Totally, right? I mean, um, yeah. you know, I, th- I think about, you know, the, uh, the church that gets persecuted the most even within, obviously, the Christian church, but the Catholic church amongst the Christian church uh, mm-hmm. is the one that becomes like public enemy number one. 
And I think sure. to myself when, uh, you know, good litmus test for all of us, if we go to, you know, to the gospel of John, when Jesus says, you know, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. You know, mm-hmm. if the world persecutes you, remember it persecuted me first. So, I, you know, because if you were of the world, the world would love its own, but you're not. Right. And I chose you out of the world, right? So I tell my, a lot of people, I'm like, well, who loves you and why? And who hates you and why? So if the world is all in love with you, you know, uh, and, and, and the culture just totally is just, you know, drinking the Catholic man show Kool-Aid, then something we're doing on the Catholic man show or something we're doing on True Faith, Real Talk, or how we're living out our, you know, Catholicism, that's, uh, it still needs to be attractive, but holiness is attractive, right? When right. people yes. actually authentic. see... Authentic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Authentic holiness and somebody who can stand in the midst of this current right mm. and hold firm to their faith you know to yeah. cl- mm-hmm. cling to the cross and i think yeah. that's that's what it, what is attractive because everybody's getting the really the cognitive dissonance right that 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 where the behavior and and the thoughts of that behavior are completely uh, at conflict with one another so yeah you want to you want to be uh, you want to stand out and that's the other thing too is most people right they they say they want to be unique um, but they but spend, then they're all the same they're all the same they spend all their the entire same. energy emotion life trying to blend in and yet we're we were made to stand out right mm-hmm. yeah it, it's, right. so so let's talk about the uh, the catholic man show a little bit more and and your guys's goal with that because i think it's great to have a platform so i agree with everything that you guys are saying um in, in that sense of that community as well and i think it's great that it that you guys are you know you're not just preaching it but you're living it right like you're saying no i mean i'm part of a a, a men's ministry myself um three years ago mm-hmm. i felt there was a need in my parish um, and I, you know, I went to my pastor and said, Hey, we, the men need to, we need to do something for the men and I'm willing to do something about it. So three years later, you know, we have, uh, 80, 80 men meeting, uh, every week. Um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, wow. And, that is awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. So it's really cool because I run the one in the morning, uh, my other co kind of co-founder of the ministry, uh, split and went to the evening session and, you know, I got guys there at six o'clock in the morning. Right. And, that's- um, Awesome. And, and we're just trying to, to grow in holiness. Uh, we're all imperfect, but we're all men. And we're just trying to uh, really kind of, you know, pick up the, the, the baton, if you will, on where most men have dropped it. Right. And so and that, and that includes ourselves. Right. I know we a lot of the men have abdicated their responsibilities and, and a lot of men that come to these men's groups and these um, uh, these mornings or the evening sessions, you know, come with come very vulnerable. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of regret. There's a lot of remorse. Um, it, thankfully, there's some of the young men, younger men there that are, have younger families that have the opportunity to turn things around. But, you know, there's a lot of older men that that don't have their children in their home anymore. Maybe they're divorced now or separated or. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So these communities are uh, really a place of encounter and of healing. So I, I, re- I noticed that on your guys's website, you also have a community for the Catholic Man Show. Right. Can you talk a little bit about what that's about? Yeah, let me tell you, man. When we first started this, we had no idea really what you know what we were doing or or, or what was going to really come of it. <laughs> uh, but one, it's been a huge blessing to we, we have a something called the Council of Man, and really what it is is it's um, men who want to help support the Catholic Man Show. Um, they donate ten dollars a month, and we send them a Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glass. Which here's one right here. Let me show you show the listeners right here. This is a let's see. If, See if you can see it. This is yeah. a Catholic Man Show Glen Karen glass. Uh, it's a whiskey glass uh, made specifically for Scotch whiskey, but uh, to, to nose and and to uh, to taste little samples of Scotch. So anyway, we send them one of those, and we're we're part of this. Uh, we give them extra content, and we have this Facebook group, uh, this private Facebook group, and 
it's been a huge blessing to be able to to meet these guys because we have I don't know maybe 180 guys that that are a part of this group and they're all basically struggling we're all struggling with the same things we're all struggling with the same vices we're all struggling with the same uh you know day-to-day lives and of we're busyness all swimming up and, the same current that yeah. you're talking about and and so um to be able to meet these guys from all over the world um to be able to 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 talk to them and to to flesh out some of these problems that we're having together um is awesome we have priests on there i mean it's just it's it's yeah. it's phenomenal so um we've kind of developed this small community but it, it, it's inter, you know it's internet based but you know what you know what john was really cool is this last year we had a catholic man show camp out have you ever heard of clear creek abbey yes yeah I have. yeah okay so we had our camp out at clear creek wow um and so men from all over actually uh even men from uh from your area came came flew down and uh we we had a camp out at clear creek Hung out with you know we went to uh, liturgy the hours with the monks uh, had dinner with the monks um, we even cooked a full pig it was awesome um, that is le- I mean is that not legit like you know that's totally legit yeah yeah it was awesome um, and we we just had a camp out and we and it was just a it facilitated this uh, this brotherhood that we're trying to talk yeah, about yeah. right now but yeah. one thing about the show. I think that we have to. Oh yeah, I went way off. I'm sorry. Uh, is that it comes with a warning? Okay. Oh, good, good call. Yeah. So I mean, I just don't want anybody to get hurt because uh, we're dealing with very high levels of manliness on the show, uh, and if you or anyone in the listening radius even is susceptible to high levels of manliness, the show will be harmful to your health. So, uh, you know, we just our lawyers want us to give out the disclosure because so no one can sue there us. There was one guy who actually was listening, and he 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 died to self. <laughs> After listening for a long time and um, became a new man, and he was a new man and, and just lived a virtuous life with his family. Yeah. So, so it was no it longer was, it was no longer him, but Christ who lived in him. Yeah, him. it was exactly. pretty. It was, it was, it was wow. crazy. So, anyway, the the, the warning is is uh, the beginning of every show. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's uh it, it's it's awesome, but that's the, the, even the concept of virtue. Let's even go there, right? Like one of the things sure. that is is lost in our culture, right, is, um, is that moral framework, even the, the, the word virtue. Like, well, you know, because, hey, as long as you're good, man, right? I mean, your good is your good, right. my good is my good, your truth is your truth, and all that other stuff. But um, the focus of virtue, why is that important for us as men in particular, uh, from your guys' perspective? Well, to start off, the word virtue literally means that, like, the powers of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the root word is vir, which mm-hmm. is... Greek? Latin. Greek. Latin. 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 Yeah. Latin. Vir is, is man. Yep. Okay. So, the, I mean, like, there is nothing more manly than virtue. Okay. Um, we used to have, it used to be well known. I mean, I think today the word virtue kind of is like, oh, it's for sissy boys, you know, like, oh, yeah, goody two shoes, you know. Or like the idea of it's just all priests. Right. Yeah. Right. And all bishops and priests. They're all holy. Like, but yeah. we can't do that. That's not something we're called to. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just not the way it is. You know, when I think of a virtuous man, I think of the, uh, you know, like a classic gentleman, um, not necessarily a priest. I mean, of course, mm-hmm. you know, they would be virtuous too. But, you know, in that we need to restore just some of these great cultural uh, things to our, our day-to-day life. You know, like manners. Yeah. Uh, man, manners are totally, you know, it's like people walk around. This drives me crazy. They walk around with their heads down and their cell phones and it's like totally oblivious. Look, there's other people here. Did you even know that? Yeah. Like, look, look, there's other people doing the same thing we're doing. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and so 
it's it's not just about living the moral life. I mean, obviously that's you know the most important thing, but um, it being Catholic it needs to flow out into every aspect of mm. of you know our day to day life. You know, the, the idea of Catholic, oh, you know. Uh, the word Catholic means universal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, that means universal all around the, around the world, but it also means universal within ourselves, as in there is no part of us that's not affected mm-hmm. by being Catholic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, virtue is like is the definition is you know uh, doing the habit of doing the good. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just all of a sudden become a virtuous man. This is a this is a process, right? So you have to continue to develop these habits of. Of, of living virtuously. It's not like you're, you're going to walk in and just all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to start levitating now because I decided to follow Jesus Christ. You know, grace builds on nature, That's and right. you have to be able to um, continue to work on on these graces. You know, St. Thomas talks, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about effeminacy, mm-hmm. and that word right there, you talk about a hot hot button word. Mm-hmm. Effeminacy is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, masculinity is one, effeminacy is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, effeminacy, you know, is, is really the definition is... Um, the willingness, the unwillingness to do the arduous for the sake of pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, and that's very similar to sloth. Sloth is basically kind of the same word. It's just sloth is geared towards not wanting to do the arduous, and effeminacy is not willing to give up the sake of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, men today have just been are not are, are very effeminate. They're effeminate men because they're not willing to do the hard. They're not willing to do the arduous. They're not willing to be virtuous men. They're and, wearing skinny jeans. For yeah. Pete's sake. What is going on? Why are we wearing skinny jeans? Like like that's not something guys should wear. Um, but but ridiculous. Um, yeah, just, uh, anyway, uh, but so it, it's this virtuous thing that we have to we have to continue working on. You have to continue building upon it, and the only way you're going to do that is by practice. And so that's why it's so important to yeah, to yeah. to to have this virtuous, to, to strive for this virtue, because it's not happening overnight. And the only way, and we've got to do it together. We have to do it together. Yeah, you know, I have the saying, holiness doesn't happen by accident, right? And I think that you mm-hmm. have to be very intentional. And as Catholics, everything we do is intentional. When you think about the liturgy and the Mass, uh, we don't often know that, but there's a reason why we do everything that we do in the liturgy. And there's a reason why we do things the way we do uh, in, in the context of, of the Mass. But the, uh, you know, going back to the, the virtue concept, because I think most people can understand it when it comes to like sports, right? That they're willing right. to, uh, to uh, I mean, the ones that, that don't master self, the ones that um, don't train, don't, don't, don't do the grind, uh, can't really really do well in whatever particular sport that is. Same thing with the workplace. You know, if you just go with this mediocre kind of mentality, well, yeah, you're just going to be a mediocre kind of person. Um, So apply that to anything else. But when it comes to the spiritual life and morality, hey, man, it's it's hands off. We don't want to have to work on that. We We don't want any rules, any regulations, any constraints. But everything else we do, we, Mm -hmm. we demand, right? So imagine if it's like you show, yeah, exactly. Demand excellence. We demand that people follow the rules. We demand that people work Mm -hmm. hard. If somebody shows up on a basketball court and they've got seven players on the court, they'll be like, this is the way that I choose to do at home. It's like, no, dude, we only play with five. That's not, yeah, play by the rules. Exactly. Play by the rules or else the game is not the game anymore. It's just interesting, right? As, as creatures that we just say, when it comes to the morality, I don't want anything to do with any of that stuff. Right. Right. And I, I think that's a good example you know, with the, the athlete, like an Olympian. Um, it's not just, oh, well, if you want to be Olympian, you got to go running. You know, you got to get in shape. No, it's not about that. It's about your whole life. That means you're not going out drinking with your buddies on Saturday. Uh, you know, that you're not going to eat that piece of cake 
when it's uh, Janice's birthday right down the hall. And like, it doesn't matter how good that piece of cake looks. You're not going to eat it. You know, it's a mm-hmm. it's still that idea of it's a universal uh, application to your life. It's everything, right. you know, and we have to be willing to if we if we want to be winners, we have to be willing to put in the effort, to put in the work. Right. And people have have, have so much made prayer look effeminate, right? Because mm-hmm. women by their na- very nature are very holy people. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they get, you know, more, more grace than probably men just to, to, to be whole. I mean, they're just very holy women. I mean, women are amazing. I'm mm-hmm. a huge fan, big fan of women. Um, <laughs> I like, but, I'd like to second that. Yeah. yeah um, me, but, you know, I third that. Yeah. Yeah. Third. Okay. So we're all on the same page <laughs> yeah. there. But you know what? Prayer is hard, right? Go 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 stand go sit on your knees or kneel on your knees uh, in front of the blessed sacrament for an hour. Yeah. It's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. And stay focused on on who who's in front of you. That's not easy, mm-hmm. you know. I sit here, I I look at my dog, right, and I have this treat, and I hang I show this treat to my dog, and my dog does not look at anything else. Nothing else exists except for that treat, you know. I, I mean, I could, you know. Sirens could be going off, kids could be, could be running by, but but my dog is completely focused on this treat. You know, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. And if I could have that same attention when I'm in adoration, I, that'd be phenomenal because because um, it's not easy to do. It's not something that's, that that comes, I think, natural for us at times. And so you have to work at it. Prayer, prayer is something you have to work at, and if you don't have it, you're not going to grow in your spirit. You're not growing in your spiritual life. Yeah, it's actually, um, I think the catechism puts it, it's actually necessary for your salvation, right? When we talk about prayer right. and discipleship and the connection between the two. Um, but I think it's good that you guys even unpack that and it, us talking about it now. And I imagine you guys talk about it on your show because I think men, um, sometimes we, we, it's the easy way out, right? Well, see, I, I, I lose focus when I pray. So why pray? You know, um, right. I, 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 yeah, I, I, really right. don't, I really don't feel it when I go to Mass or I don't get anything out of Mass or whatever. And, and then it's a cop out. Right. That, of course, right. we're, we live in a world now that it's really all about your emotions, that emotions trump reality and truth and all of that. And when we're saying no, like all of us men um, do struggle uh, with similar things, um, you know, some more, some less. I, I, I agree with you 100 percent, Adam, that I think women are just naturally the way they're, that they were designed, God created them. They're just more open to being vulnerable, more open and, and receptive to, our, to, to God and what he has to say, whereas, you know, we're a bunch of knuckleheads. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have this saying that, you know, the, God is a divine potter. He prefers to work with clay, but he often deals with bricks, right? Because, <laughs> and he'll work, he'll work yeah. with bricks. It's just going to, yeah. it's going to take a different set of tools, right? He's not going to massage you with the hands. He's just going to pop you over the head Ow. and crush right. that thing, right. right? So, but That's I think, great. yeah, I love that. <laughs> but for us as men, I think we need to um, help encourage each other about that and say, hey, realize that. It's a struggle. I, and I'm going to say women would probably agree with that too. But for us men, if you think you're going to go into adoration for an hour, and, 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 I, and we can even get into the sacraments in, in a bit here, but I think adoration is a game changer. And all men will find their lives being 100% completely changed if you just uh, frequent the sacrament, uh, the blessed sacrament, adoration. And, but to sit there, like you said, I have a, I have a, a designated holy hour. Um, uh, we have perpetual adoration at my parish. And so my holy hour is Friday morning at three o'clock in the morning. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a powerful hour, but you could be there and you're fighting sleep. Cause maybe I didn't get to bed till 11 o'clock that evening. So I got up at two 30 and so you, and you're fighting all this other stuff and you hear weird things going on at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, there's all of those things, but like you said, trying to be laser focused, uh, and, and it's like, as if men, don't make that an excuse because we all struggle with it. 
you know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. go through the mental gymnastics if you have to. Um, that's why I think the rosary, right? When we pr- the rosary is an instrument of of meditation to get us into that place, um, and, mm-hmm. and where we're actually more open and more focused and 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 more aware of the presence of God. But um, uh, let's talk about prayer life since we're there already. Uh, and sure. and what do you guys recommend to the viewers out there um, in growing in virtue as it relates to uh, prayer in particular? Because you know I know there's going to be a lot of men that are that are out there watching as well um, who maybe struggle with prayer, maybe struggle with understanding the importance of the sacraments in themselves. Anything you guys have to offer uh, as far as uh, tidbits of wisdom there? Sure. Yeah. So there's two types of prayer. There's what I would divide up into two types of prayer. There's structured, planned prayer, and then there's spontaneous, just throughout the day prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to start with a structure. Okay. You have to pray. Uh, Father Larry Richards, I've heard him say, look, you either pray every day or you go to hell. <laughs> and I'm not sure if he was being, you know... Uh, That's Father Larry over, for you. Over-exaggerating. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was yeah. being Father Larry. Yeah. He did say it, okay? <laughs> um, so, you know, if you want to have the virtue of a good prayer life, it's not just going to happen by accident, like you said. You have to you have to do it. So you need to sit down and decide, when are you going to pray? Mm-hmm. Um, a good time to pray is first thing in the morning. Get up and pray. And it doesn't, you don't have to pray for very long, even just a few minutes um, in the beginning. uh, Just, and even if you want to say, this is what I'm going to pray. Um, You know, so I have morning prayers that I say, you know, some people will actually get up and say morning prayer from the divine office. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to structure it. So you should have a morning prayer and an evening prayer. Um, If you're married, at least one of those needs to be with your wife Mm -hmm. um, and, and your kids. And once you develop the habit or the virtue of prayer, then you will find it um, not only that it comes easier, but that you will begin to enjoy it. And yearn for it. Right. And, um, you know, when you go to bed and you you have this feeling like something is not right. Oh, I didn't pray. I didn't pray the rosary today, you know, and um, yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, as a business guy, right, you always have you segregate your time out. You know, in the morning, I'm going to be checking my emails, and then I have a conference call in the afternoon, and then I have to go follow up with this customer here. And the, so you have your whole day scheduled out as a business guy. You have to have the same thing with 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 your prayer life. You know, like Dave said, in the morning, have make sure that you have um, uh, your morning prayer, and then at noon, make sure. Like Dave started this, I thought this was a great idea, and I've tried to pick up on it. But have an examination of conscience at noon. Figure out where have I fallen off the scale from the time I woke up till noon today where what have i what have i lacked in okay and then at 3 p.m i I have an alarm set on my phone every single day at 3 p.m that it goes off to make sure that if i can't pray the full divine mercy that i at least stop for a moment of what i'm doing and realize that our savior the creator of the universe died at this time for me Mm -hmm. you know and it doesn't have to be a long one it doesn't have to be a long prayer divine mercy takes all of five minutes i know all of five minutes so, I mean, uh, and then, you know, at night, you know, make sure you're praying, you know, before meals with your family. After after dinner, we try to have a family rosary if possible. Here's, here's a great tip. Somebody told me this. I think it's a phenomenal tip. Anybody have those big, you know, those big wall rosaries? Yeah. You have little kids? Yeah. Right? So, and to, to, to pray the rosary as a family together, grab that, that, that um, uh, wall rosary, and whoever's turn it is to lead the decade, they get to have that wall rosary. They get to <laughs> hold the wall rosary. And so, like, the little kids feel like that, that, that they're a part of this, you know, that, 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 that this is something special and that they're now in charge. They get to lead this decade of the rosary, and they take ownership of it. So I, I think it's a great idea. It's worked with my family. 
Um, and I, I highly suggest that. And then at the end of the night, you know, Haley and I pray a specific set of prayers together um, to, to have grace um, for, for marriage, you know, that we love each other more, that we, we, we yearn for, for Christ more. And then we have a special uh, good night prayer to Mary. Yeah. And that, that's what we do. And I just want to say this to your, to your, to the men out there. You, uh, if you have, if you're married, if you have a family, you have an obligation to this family of yours. You have an obligation to your wife because of the order of authority. Things start with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Satan's got to get through you before he gets to your family, before he gets to your kids. If you are not praying every day for them, you are letting them down. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 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 I mean, I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth, you know, and I'm, we're not here to sugarcoat the truth for you. You owe it to them. So you better be praying for them every day. Mm-hmm. If you're not start, yeah. it's a great time to start time to start and bless your kill- children right before they go to bed. I always bless my kids. Um, very super easy. Maybe awkward at first. Sometimes, you know, when it was for me, it was awkward for me at the very beginning to bless my wife and bless my kids because it's just kind of a weird thing to do. It's not natural, for, especially for guys. Mm-hmm. Super easy. May, may Almighty God bless you and keep you. May you always stay in the protection of our Heavenly Mother. Amen. Yeah. That was what five seconds? Yeah. Maybe five seconds. Yeah, and I, and I think that's probably one of the uh, the ways that we're tempted as men is that that awkward feeling um, of, of, mm-hmm. of yeah. really being humble and. Um, and and it really extending mercy, right? And being that mm-hmm. that that image of our heavenly Father is uh, we've all done. I mean, I came into the faith later in into um, my adulthood, and then my kids were older. So when I was doing mm-hmm. the blessing, you know, I had you know my two boys, especially I've got a daughter and, and two sons. My daughter's the oldest, and you know these these are big boys, right? So they're it's like mm-hmm. you know. Come here, Dad's gonna bless you, and it's kind of like you know, and but it didn't matter, right? And, but but in the end, yeah. in the end, these kids know that you love them enough, right, to mm-hmm. humble yourself enough to and to give that to them. I mean, my kids are are older than what most people think they are, um, uh, in the sense because I know I look like I'm 25, y'all. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I got I've got two adult children. Right, my youngest is gonna be my youngest is gonna be 18 in June. Right. And so, um, uh, yeah, so we my wife and I live we, we we're not rookies on the block when it comes to marriage or or uh, parenting or the faith and, and having that struggle of trying to incorporate things, even when we thought it may have been too late. And so for the men out there mm-hmm. and for the and for the for the wives and, and, and the women out there that um, when you think it's too late, oh, they're already 13, you know, oh, they're already in high school. It's like it's never too late. It's never too late for us to, to no. own up to our mistakes, to our failures, to our shortcomings. And it's never too late to introduce them into an encounter with God through sacramentals, through prayer, through our own uh, uh, asking for mercy. And so those are all I think those are all great uh, examples. And, you know, Dave, I appreciate that zeal and that fervor, because I mean, my viewers know. I mean, I don't I don't sugarcoat anything. Like if I had somebody right. willing to slap the Jesus into me. And, and just mm. tell me like, hey, man, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and instead yeah, of saying yeah. like, it is your obligation. I think one of my favorite quotes from uh, Pope St. John Paul II is, it is the obligation of every man to uphold the dignity of every woman. Of every woman. Right? right. And, yeah. and, we Amen. Think, and we think about our role and, and our kids to be able to see that and our women. And uh, women mm-hmm. to see other men poke other men in the chest and say, hey, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. And so I think, uh, right. you know, true charity, of course, in all humility, but it doesn't mean that we can't be passionate about something because you're speaking from a place of mm-hmm. love. Um, and mm-hmm. I think about us as, as fathers, right? When we discipline our children, um, of course, if, we're, if, if we're, we're doing it for the right reasons, if we're truly trying to teach them, show them better, that should be coming from a place of love. 
And, right. right. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, think, t- I totally agree. Yeah. And I think for us as men and us as fathers, as husbands, especially um, that we need to be able to demonstrate that first and foremost. One of the things I asked, you know, for just to kind of share with you guys and in the viewers out there, one of the, the most powerful uh, conversations I had with my middle son, my, old, my oldest son was, you know, hey, you know, as, as a father, I'm always, you know, you're always as a parent, you're always worried about kids losing the faith. And, you know, are you going to veer off the mistakes you made? Are you going to suffer because of those? And um, it just had a really great dialogue. But one of the things he told me, he says, you know, dad, first and foremost, live the faith. Just live it. Mm-hmm. And let, let us catch mm-hmm. you living it. And then if we have yeah. a relationship yeah. with you and if we respect you and if we love you, well, we're going to want to live the faith, too. You know, we're going to want to do what dad does. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of men out there in particular, and I think women know this in, in, um, in, all too well because of some of the, 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 the fractures in our family and um, the destruction of the family in today's culture. But men need to hear just how important we are, right? right. How, how valuable we are, like it or not, like it or mm-hmm. not, that you will affect, influence, and impact um, uh, everything about your children's lives and even your wives' lives as it relates to having any resemblance of any kind of faith or hope at all in their adolescence or their adulthood. Yeah. And John, I, I think that it's important to remember that. And I think you'd probably agree with me that if, if you are just deciding like, nope, today I'm going to be a different man today, I'm going to live my faith. It is going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It is going to be awkward. Right. But the whole sign of our faith is uncomfort. You better get comfortable with being uncomfortable because the crucifix is not something of comfort. It is it is some, is a torture device that our Lord Jesus Christ suffered on and rose from the dead so that way we can continue building up the, the, the kingdom. And so if you are just now getting into it, know that I, I feel you. I know that it's going to be awkward. And John, I'm sure you know there's so many awkward times to lead the family in prayer, oh, yeah. to decide to, to bless your children. You know, when you have maybe you haven't in, in years, or to take your family to confession once a month, even though it's going to be kind of awkward. It's going to be a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Uh, we're called to do that. Christ said, "Take up your cross and follow me." And the cross is not comfortable. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's right. And you don't grow in holiness unless you're uncomfortable. Right? That's I mean, right. That's yeah. just that's bottom line. Unless you are somehow thrown out of your comfort zone, that there mm-hmm. is no growth in that. Then you just kind of, you know, you're, you're really not growing at all. You're just kind of standing still and standing still really means you're sliding back. Right. You're right. Really yeah. Back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally so, agree with you. So, gentlemen, um, how does everybody find out about what you guys do? Uh, is, is it is, is, is a podcast? Is it do they can subscribe to you guys? Do they get, is it something that it's a, it's a weekly thing is a monthly thing? Uh, what details about the show can uh, the viewers out there uh, look forward to? Yeah, so it's a weekly show. It, you, it is available on the podcast. I think that's probably how most people listen to it. Um, we go to our website. You can find out more information, thecatholicmanshow.com. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. All the silly you know, social media all the, platforms that all are those, out there. All those places. Um, yeah, where the podcast is available on iTunes and Google Play. Mm-hmm. All of the Stitcher. It's on all of the all of the podcast things. Right. <laughs> so, um, so how do you, what's yeah. up? What's up? Just, in, what's up and coming new for the Catholic Man Show? You know, you talked about the you had the camp out. Uh, what are some of the, the events that you guys have in store and upcoming in 2018? So it's really funny because right before uh, 2018 started, Dave and I promised our wives that you know because like you said that we're not doing this full time like this is kind of our you know, side gig right mm-hmm. and so we promised our wives that we it's would it's a free side gig it's a free yeah we're not making any money on this right. so 
so we said, we told our wives, like, we would only go to two men's conferences this year if we were asked to be a part of it. Um, not including the Oklahoma men's conference because we've been going to it forever. So we said only two, you know, because it takes a lot of, you know this, it takes a lot oh, of time yeah. out of out of family time and, and, and effort to to go and be a speaker. In fact, we were uh, speakers with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers at the Wichita men's conference not too oh, long ago. Awesome, awesome. But uh, long story short, uh, by end of February, we'd already been to two men's conferences. So we're basically have kind of put the kibosh on uh, any more um, men's conferences or anything like that for this year. Um, but we, we are, we've already been, uh, confirmed that we're going to be a part of the E6 men's conference in Illinois or Indiana, uh, next year. And we have the camp out in October. Um, yeah, we're going to do the camp out again, again this year. It's going to be big, it's going to be bigger and better. Epic is really what it's going to be. Our budget, we have a little bit, our budget's a little bigger this year. So it's going to be epic. It's going to be awesome. So you have, so what what I heard there is you guys have one more slot left for a men's conference for the upcoming year, right? For uh, 2019. For 2019. Yeah. yeah. yeah, We have one more slot. Yeah. We have one more available. So for those of you out here who are event coordinators, (laughs) (laughs) hit us up. You better better get on it. Yeah. You better get on it. Well, hey, gentlemen, I really do appreciate the time. I know you're, uh, j- we're both taking time away from our families uh, being able to do this, but I think it's, um, yeah. it's, not, uh, it's, it's well worth the effort and the sacrifice. And thanks to both your wives and my wife as well and our families for uh, sharing a piece of, uh, of us uh, for the viewers out there. And I hope that the men out there um, definitely visit the Catholic Man Show at the very least to just kind of see what uh, Adam and Dave got going on there and all the lives that are being touched there. And just having a fellowship in a community that way we can all build each other up and hold each other accountable. Um, so gentlemen, I just want to thank you for all the work you're doing out there. I know it's not easy. Um, uh, and I know it, it takes a lot of sacrifice, but Hey, I will tell you that I'm inspired just by, uh, this opportunity to, to chat with you guys. I really am grateful for you being on the show. I'm uh, inspired by, uh, your desire and your sacrifice to help us men be holy men of God and, um, help provide, uh, some examples, uh, but also accountability. So uh, I will continue to pray for you and for your ministry and for your families. I ask that you would kindly do the same for us and the viewers out there. And uh, just want to wish you guys a a blessed rest of 2018. And um, for all the viewers out there, uh, go out and visit thecatholicmanshow.com. And until the next episode of True Faith Real Talk, get holy or die trying. God bless.